You're listening to the Cornerstone Word of Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this teaching from Pastor Mark. For more information on our church, please visit cwol.org. We're talking about real faith. King James, uh, remember Paul said, um, he was talking about unfeigned faith, which is real faith. So if there's unfeigned faith, there's, uh, there's feigned faith at the King James, or, you know, uh, maybe it's, it's just not real. So we just, so that's the title. But, um, We've looked at so many things, just, I'm not going to try, if I get to reviewing, we'll not get to anything new. I think that's been happening in a couple of weeks and I've been holding you along and it is my attempt tonight to get you out, um, you know, at the regularly scheduled time, which is, I don't know what it is. So, you know, anyway, uh, so we're, we'll work on it. But the truth is that, um, let me, let me say it this way, cause this came up in my heart and I, I want to, while we were worshiping, um, faith does not. Your faith is not meant to move God. Your faith is not necessary to pull something out of God's hand. All right. Some of you are confused, but listen to me. Faith, and I know the way some people teach it is like God's got all these promises that are yes and amen. And if you push the right button, pull the right lever, say the right thing exactly in the right cadence with the right voice, throw a little tongues in there and you'll have everything that you wanted. In other words, uh, you can turn faith into a very much a works program. And that is not what God has intended at all. You've all heard my story. Most of you a thousand times. I'm not going to go into it again. But this building, you know, I was having a hard time. And the Lord asked me, does your faith move me? And I said very quickly, yes, Lord. I'm, you know, I'm tr- I trust that it does. And he said to me, I don't need your faith to move me. I've already been moved. So quit trying to move God. Quit trying to get God to heal you. Is that all right on Wednesday night? Why? He's already healed you. He's already saved you. He's already blessed you. He's already left his peace for you. He's already given you his joy. Right? Has he not? Has he not? So what does our faith do? Receives. It is different. I know some people say it takes, but I think in our society today, the word takes has a a lot of work involved with it. And I understand when people say that my spiritual father, he, he uses that term and I don't disagree with it. But for you, I want you to understand all your faith needs to do is receive. God's hand is open. His arm is not behind his back. You don't have to pry it open. He wants you to have it. Jesus paid a high price for it. Are are y'all with me? And so we're going through some things very slowly on Wednesday night that have to do with real faith so that you and I can receive. And I'm having a lot of fun and I'm really enjoying this. I don't think I've enjoyed teaching so much for a very long time uh, because the Lord has given me revelation. It's helping me and I hope it's helping you and I'm enjoying it a whole lot. And so we talked about Romans 10, 17. How does faith come? Faith comes by hearing and hearing the rhema Christos. And then we talked about the difference between a logos and a Christos. And I said, uh, uh, or logos and a rhema. And I told you, don't ever discount the logos because without the logos, you can never have a rhema. And sometimes when people hear that rhema, they think, well, I got to hear from God. I got to pray. I got to fast. I got to do all these things so that God will speak to me. Well, God has already spoken to you. 
God has already, are y'all good tonight? I'm going to need your help. I'm going to need more than this. Um, God, God has already helped you. God has already told you what he, in other words, you never have to pray, Lord, is it your will to heal me? He already told you it was his will. You never have to ask him, is it your Lord, Lord is it your will to bless me? He's already told you his will. Is it your Lord, Lord, is it your will for me to have peace? He already told you his will. Is it your will for me to have joy? Do I have to worry about this? Amen. He's already, he's already taken care. In other words, you never have to pray, Lord, if it be your will concerning things that are written down. Now in your own personal life, you ought to pray before you take a job. If you're single, you ought to pray really hard before you get married. Amen. I would love for your life to be as good as mine. Hallelujah. So pray. Amen. And, you know, so uh, what city to move to, where to go to church? You do need to pray and ask the Lord his will. But when it comes to the will concerning uh, salvation and all that salvation is and healing and finances and peace and joy and victory and deliverance and uh, walking free from sin and being delivered from every demonic thing, he has already delivered you. So your faith does not have to, is not talking God into something. He's already done something. Your faith just receives what his hand is open and giving you. Amen. Amen. All right. So, so faith, so we're talking about faith comes by hearing and hearing the rhema word of God. And then we talked about then how to turn logos, the written word of God and make it a rhema to you. And we did, went the difference of logos and rhemas all throughout the word of God. Listen to me. The logos is good enough. It's awesome. It's the word of God. But then there'll be times that it turns into by the, you can't personally turn a logos into a rhema. Only the Holy Ghost can do that. Do you know him? He lives in you. Amen. And he can and will give you an inspired word. Doesn't have to come from a prophecy. Doesn't have to come from a prophet. Doesn't have to come from anything. It's just sometimes you'll be reading. Sometimes you'll be studying. Sometimes you'll be hearing. Sometimes you'll be doing all of those. Sometimes you'll be speaking the word and suddenly something will come up and it's like, oh, I got it. And then you'll try to explain it to your husband or your wife or your children. And they'll be like, yeah. And then you know you got a rhema. You know you got a rhema because it's alive to you. Amen. And then during certain things in your life, that rhema will carry you all the way through whatever's going on. It'll, you'll, and it'll be from the written word of God and you'll hold it. You'll speak it. It's alive to you. Not that all the word of God is not good, but that moment he'll, he'll give you something specific to work with. Amen. So how do you do that? Well, you got you to have revelation. How do you get revelation? Joshua 1, 8 and 9. The Lord told Joshua to meditate. What does it mean to meditate? It means to mutter. It means to consider. It means to ponder. It means to talk out loud. And, and that's like seed going into your soil. Uh, as you read, you know, sometimes people get, well, you got to do more than read. Well, if you've never read the word of God, please start reading it. Now, I know I'm talking to the Wednesday crowd and you all do that. But if someone's watching or listening, you got to start somewhere. So I'm never going to downplay the reading of the word of God. That's why we do the 90 days. People start reading it, have never read the Bible before. And you don't have to read it in King James. Use the New Living Translation. Be careful of some that are paraphrases. I'd rather you read out of a translation. So if you don't like the King James with all the these and thous, that's what I preached out of so long. It's readable to me. Uh, but, but to you, a New Living 
is great. New King James, if you want. I don't know. Find something, but be careful of paraphrase. Read out of a real translation. Find out what that is, all right? And then, so when you read it, but um, I, I think they're going to show it later, but we're doing this 90 days. I did a video, you know, part of reading for me. I took Psalms 1, and I showed them how, if I was reading it, what it would mean to me. Because what happens is, in there, there are key words in every sentence that will trigger scriptures in me. But I've been doing this a little while. So if it doesn't trigger with you, find the main word in there and at least take some of what you're reading and find other scriptures that go with it. The Bible says, don't sit in the seat of the scornful. Well, so first thing I hear is seat. So then I think about how we've been raised up together with Jesus to sit in a heavenly seat. So I began to think about that. And then it talks about verse two, which I'm, what we're talking about. Then it says, meditate in the word of God. Right. And so I'll think of, then I'll think of Joshua one, eight and nine, or I'll think of when Paul told Timothy to meditate on these things so that your profiting would appear to all. So what, how do I turn a logos into a rhema? I meditate. I read. Reading should turn into studying. I should, I should hear the word of God. There you have, there's no generation that's ever been on the planet that has more anointed teaching available to you Monday through Saturday than you and I. I mean, you have that going while you're working out, have that going while you're cutting the grass, have that going while you're doing, uh, you know, or, um, you know, I remember one time, um, this is funny, uh, because you can, you can have things going in your ear while you're present at somewhere. I remember, um, and, and this, I have a point here I go. Um, I, we were at a, oh, we were at a band competition. Uh, destiny used to march a competitive band at James Clemens and we were at this stadium and, um, Alabama was playing. And, um, and I'll never forget the longest day I lived because all these parents were there supporting their children. Yet every dad had an earbud in and when Alabama fumbled, you could hear this corporate, oh. <laughs> so I'm saying you can do, be present and do other things that are equally or more important. And so, um, so you can, I, I didn't have one. Um, I, I, I was engaged. Um, so, but I, th I found it funny. And so, because it was a loud, oh. But I'm telling you, while you're doing other things, you can be putting in the logos and you can receive a rhema right in the middle of that. Don't discount it. You know, if you're to the studying, if you're to the meditating where you got a proficient there, everybody's got to start somewhere. Start with reading, start with reading. Amen. All right. And so I think that's good enough because see, I get all excited about it again. And I keep on talking about it because this works. The word of God works. And so as you get revelation, as you get insight, as you get those rhemas, then what do we know? Well, we know we've looked at faith then is of the heart. And so I want to remind you of this before we get going. <laughs> we, have a, we are a three-part being. You are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. Now, if you're going to, and probably this is what we're going to do on Sunday morning, if you're going to live by faith, you got to deal with all three. If you want to consistently live by faith, if all you want to do is have faith projects, you can let your soul and body go during the good times. It'll cost you, but you could. If you know how to get them under control really quick, but sometimes if you do, I don't recommend it. I don't recommend it at all. But if you're going to be successful, number one, you got to have word to feed your spirit so it's strong. Remember, Jesus said your spirit's willing, but your flesh is weak. 
So just because you're born again and you know some principles of faith doesn't mean you're going to walk in faith every day. And then you're going to have to do something with your soul. Your soul is your mind. What are you supposed to do with your mind? You need to renew it. And so what is that? That's a daily thing. I said, that's a daily, it's got to be transformed, especially this now where we live, because there's so much coming at your mind, so much information coming at your mind, so many so-called facts coming at your mind, so many people trying to get you to believe something. So you've got to continually renew your mind. Well, your mind is your, 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 your soul is your mind, your will. Well, I don't know about you, but I got to go to the garden just like Jesus did, uh, sometimes on a daily basis. What is that? Because it, it, some people, I've heard people say this, well, you know, I don't really have any trouble with my will. All I know about you is your will has never crossed his will. Yet. Or you don't know his will. And you're just going about your business. Because if your will crosses his will, then you're going to have to submit your will to his will. And if Jesus had to do it, I got to do it and you got to do it. And there will be things in your life on a very regular basis that will test your will. And if you're going to do this faith walk, you're going to have to make your will his will. And Jesus did that in a garden. And if he had to do that, then you got to do that on a regular basis. So your mind, your will, your emotions. Well, what do you got to do with your emotions? Well, you got to get them healed. Because if you don't get your emotions healed and you don't learn how to walk in love, then your faith won't work. So you got to learn how to forgive. You got to learn how to forgive. You got to learn how to forgive. And these days, you got to learn how to forgive every day with all kind of folks. Amen. And the devil knows that if he can, if, especially if you're wounded, you know, I know your spirit's not wounded, but your soul can get wounded. Have you ever lived through life and it's like a, a car in a demolition derby, if you know what that is? I mean, sometimes you can come out banged up, but Jesus is the mender of a broken heart. Jesus is the healer of your heart. Amen. So you got to get it healed. And then so, see, your, your soul is the pivotal part of you. And if you don't do anything with that, your body will run you. And if your body is running you, it will be hard for you to walk by faith. Amen. This will be real good on Sunday morning. So you just pretend like you didn't hear it. I know you know it, but, you know, so we're going to do it again. All right. But, but because your body will argue with you about faith. Right? It'll tell you what it wants to do. So I wanted to remind you of those things. And we're going to keep getting to those things. But I want to start. So I understand the spirit, soul, and body. But now we're going to focus on the cardia. We're going to, we're going to focus on your born-again spirit. And we're going to do that by looking at our heart. And so if you would look at, we'll get there in a minute. But mark these down. You know them. Matthew 13. 1 through 23, Matthew 13, 1 through 23, Mark chapter 4, verses 3 through 20, and Luke chapter 8, verses 114. All three of the four gospels, the, the, the parable of the sower is mentioned. So that makes it really important. And I don't have time to go through and read every parable in every gospel to you. But what I've done is I've looked at all of them. I've studied all of them. And they have some different things to say. And so I've incorporated them all together for you. And we're going to talk about them. But before, so your cardia, your soil. Let's look at, let's remember. <laughs> here we go again. Hey, let's remember Proverbs chapter 4. It's not in my notes. Can you put up Proverbs chapter 4 for me? 20 through 24. But let's look at the New Living Translation. Proverbs chapter 4, the Bible talks about how out of your heart flow the issues of your life. 
Out of your heart flow the issues of your life. It says, my, my children, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully. Listen carefully. Listen carefully. Remember Jesus said, be careful what you hear and be careful how you hear it. Be careful that how you hear it is not, I've heard that before. Because you're, you, you're not a candidate for faith if you are of that attitude. Praise the Lord. Verse 21. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart. Keep them in front of your eyes. Verse 22. For they bring life to those that find them and healing to their whole body. What's he talking about? His word. Verse 23. Guard, guard, guard. Put a guard. Guard your heart. Listen to this. Above all else. Guard your heart above all else. And that's really why I wanted to look at the new living. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. All right. Verse 24, just to finish up. Avoid all perverse talks. Stay away from corrupt speech. So then it talks about your mouth. Guard your heart. Guard your heart. Go back to verse 23. Guard your heart. Because out of it, King James says, flows the issues of your life. But I like it here, it, for it determines the course of your life. Now, when people teach on faith, they rarely dig into what I'm about to dig into. Because, yes, you need to hear the word. Yes, you need to speak the word. Yes, you need to have corresponding actions with the word. So, see, all this is working together. It's so, you, you, you divide it off to teach it, but it's all got to be put together, and it's all got to be acted on together. But we, 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 we take it and teach on it and, and give you a little more narrow focus, not to put you into works, not just so you understand how it works and so you can see maybe where you need to adjust because all the promises of God are yes and amen. He wants you to receive them. He's not trying to keep them from you. In other words, if this gets too complicated, it's not God. Right? Light and easy. So I'm not trying to make it complicated. So we're just kind of looking at this. So your cardio, your heart is you got to guard it above all else because faith is of the heart. You know that from Romans 10, 9 and 10. Right? Jesus said that, you know, uh, if you, 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 you believe those things you say, but you don't doubt in your heart, cardia. So faith is of the heart. It's not of the head. It's not of knowledge. It's of the heart. And so Jesus spent a lot of time and it's recorded three times talking about the heart, yet nobody talks about the heart when it comes to faith. Huh. And we're supposed to guard it because out of it flow the issues of our life. And so it's not, you can't get around this. And the reason is, and I, I want to show, let's, let's look at, there are, four kind, there are four kinds of soil. You all know these, but we're, you're going to hear them again. What are they? The wayside soil, the stony soil, the weedy soil. Is that a word? Weedy? Weedy, the soil with weeds in it, and the good soil. 
Now, I know we all like to confess, and I have you confess, I'm the good soil. But are you really? And so we'll find out. And so, um, you know, um, and you might move between the soils more than you think you move between the soils, even on different subjects in the Word of God. You might be a soil mover. I don't, I, I don't know. So we're going to find out because uh, we got to know. Now, listen, um, the first one uh, we're going to get to in a minute. But let's, let's remember this. Travis gave some of this, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time with it. Thank you, Travis. I help me out here. Isaiah 55, 10 through 11, the 11th verse says this, the word of God, how often returns void? Is it possible? Is there anything wrong with the seed of the word of God? Does it always perfectly perform? Um, it's like um, where I grew up, I grew up in the cornfields of Illinois. You could plant a kernel of corn, it'll grow up. And that's really what Jesus is talking about. And it, you know, people ask me, do you believe in 30, 60, 100 fold? I believe in a thousand. Um, because if you've ever seen one kernel of corn grow up into a stalk, shoot off three, sometimes on a good one, four, and have about, you know, 300 kernels of corn on each ear from one seed. And, you know, I'm personally a very big fan of good homegrown, not store-bought, not, not produced um, somewhere else. Uh, I, I, I'm a big Mater fan. And if you understand a Mater, I, I'm a big tomato fan. And you buy them, you know, we buy them in plants, but it came from a seed. And a good seed will produce a good plant, which will, with a good gardener, produce maybe 20 really good tomatoes. Mm. Just go off, put them under the hose, get your salt shaker, bite into the first one, and then salt it real good each time. Mm. If you have time to get to the house, get some bread and butter to go with it. Make it into a sandwich. Not mayo, butter. Mm. Anyway, so, um, so anyway, I don't do that anymore. But anyway, so... Um, but a seed produces. There's DNA within every seed. If you plant a tomato seed, you don't get corn. If you plant a corn seed, you don't get tomatoes, right? The seed of the word of God. We got to be very careful. The seed is always the word of God. I know we sometimes talk about money as seed, but really if you put money in somewhere and you don't have any seed of the word of God, it's not really seed. So the seed is the word of God and the seed of the word of God never returns void. It produces all the time. It will, it will produce what it was sent to produce. Now, the reason I'm going on it, Acts 19.20, so mightily grew the word of God and prevailed, right? And then in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13, this last one we're going to look at, but at the very end of that, it talks to you about how the word of God works in you or a better translation will be grows in you. So the seed of the word of God always grows. Now, listen. If you got four kinds of soil, if you got a, uh, a wayside soil, if you got stony soil, if you got a weedy soil, and you got good soil, but all of them hear the same word. Sometimes we think, well, you know, the word of God didn't work for them, or you know, whatever. No, it's never on the word of God's end. It's never the reason faith doesn't work for people. The reason people's lives don't change is it's a soil problem. It's a heart problem. It's not a word problem. It's not a word. It's never a word problem. That's why when some people start digging into the word and they're like, well, you know, I don't know if this is all inspired. This is all inspired. 
This is God talking to you. This is seed. This is precious. This is holy. That's why I went so big on the logos. Don't ever diminish the logos This because it's seed. And the seed always produces. The, the deal is, 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 is your soil. And Jesus, Jesus himself labeled four kinds of soil. Now, the Lord spoke to me one time while I was preaching this a number of years ago. And he said to me, you, talking to me, he said, you can't distinguish between soil two, three, and four in people. I was like, what? He said, it looks the same when you're preaching. It looks the same. Same word. Watch this, I'm getting ahead of myself. They all receive it, soil two, three, and four, all receive it with joy. In other words, they say, amen, pop the clutch, I got that, lift a hand, hallelujah. But different results. People all the time, why, why, why do different people get different results? Well, it's a soil thing. It's not a word thing. Sometimes, listen, you could put the best seed into nasty soil and you don't get nothing. And look about the three of the four soils. Three of the four soils produce nothing. They produce nothing. We want to be soil number four. So this should be real important to you and I. And yet, I think as a whole, it gets really just kind of blown over. And nobody really looks at it. So if out of my heart flow the issues of my life, if I'm having an issue in my life, one of the first places I ought to check is in my heart. What have I allowed in here? What have I opened my gates, my eye, my ear, my mouth gate to that's gotten down in my heart? And is because at one time I was a 30, 60, I was a hundreder. But if now something's not working, it's not the word of God. I'm going to say this real strong. It's not the preacher's fault. It's not the praise and worship. There's no more anointing there. Perhaps something happened to your heart. Perhaps it got offended. Perhaps. And you know what? It's easily fixed. Well, okay. It's, it's, it, it can be fixed. Amen. Let's look at this. So it's never the word. It's never the word. The seed of the word always produces. If you'll put it in there, it has to produce. If it's not producing, then it's a soil problem. If it's not producing, it's a soil problem. If you're talking it and you're putting seed in your heart and it's not producing, it's a soil problem. It's a soil problem. It's a soil problem. You know, when we grow things around here, because we got some weird soil around here. I didn't understand it when I moved down. It's red. I'm used to the dark, rich, beautiful black stuff up in where I'm from that grows all kinds of stuff. And, and I'm used to that. But down here, that stuff sticks to you. I mean, it gets on the carpet and it can't grow a whole lot unless you treat it. It seems to grow a lot of weeds in my yard. But other than that, I mean, you know, I got to work really hard. Right? So, so it's a soil issue, but all soil can be changed to make it growable. All soil with the right nutrients can be changed with the, you know, you can take stuff out of it. You can prepare it. Today, I, I, I did some things I normally don't do um, because I used to have someone to do this all for me, and, and now I'm doing some of it myself, but they're getting ready to overseed my backyard where all the trees are so that Pastor Rhonda can be happy so the deers will come and eat so we can say hi to Bambi like we always do, but I had to personally get the backyard ready. I've normally had somebody else get the backyard ready. I didn't like getting the backyard ready, but I had to get the soil ready. 
Because if the seed came and the soil wasn't ready, then all that seed sowing would have been bird eaten. And that's what happens. Soil number one, wayside soil. Let's, let's read it out of, I like, I like reading it out of Mark. So let's read it out of Mark chapter 4. We'll read Jesus' explanation. Remember, it happened once and then he explained it. Uh, really, if you read into it, um, let's, let's start at verse 11 because this will help you with the first soil. Verse 11, Jesus, he, there, he gave him a parable and not everybody understood it. And so verse 11, he said to them, unto you, unto you, it is given to know the mystery. Unto you, it's given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But unto them that are without, all these things are done in parables. That, that seeing, they may see and not perceive. It's not enough just to see it. You've got to perceive something. And hearing, faith comes by. But see, these people are hearing that they may hear and they don't understand. I guess you first got to believe there is a God. Lest at any time they should be converted, their sins should be forgiven them. And he said to them, know ye not this parable, and how will you all know all parables? So this is like the key parable. This is the key one. This is the big one. And he said, and these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown into their hearts. So if you look at Matthew's account, the first thing it says is they understand not. They don't understand. They don't understand. Is it a word problem? No, it's not a word problem. It's a heart problem. They don't understand. They don't want to understand. They don't understand. So two, Mark says, Satan comes immediately. Satan comes immediately. Why? Because it's like sowing uh, uh, corn seed or tomato seed or grass seed on a sidewalk. And what is that? Bird food. Right? Luke says, lest they should believe and be saved. So that's why it says Satan comes immediately. Other places, you know, the, where Jesus is talking, the birds come. Well, Satan is likened to a bird there. He comes and he steals the word of God as soon as it was sowed. Well, these kind of people, well, that's just their lot in life. No, it's not their lot in life. They have us. I said they have you. They have me. What would, should we do? You bring someone to church and they leave the same way they came. Or maybe you're bringing the church and you're like, something's got to happen here. Well, I would start first with prayer. The Bible says that the God of this world, 2 Corinthians 4 and 4, has blinded the mind, blinded eyes. They can't, they can't see. Blinded the mind of the unbeliever, right? So what do you and I do? I command those blinders to come off less so the glorious light of the gospel can go into them. What else can you do? Well, um, you can reach out to them. Some people, it takes a little bit. They need a friend who is a believer, uh, someone to work with them, someone to encourage them, someone to uh, repeat, someone to, to be there for them. You know, um, don't ever, well, that's their soil, that's their problem, I can't do anything about it. No, we can do everything about it. I, I would tell you maybe one time your soil was there. Now, if you, were, if you were blessed to be lucky, no. If you were blessed to be in church from you were a little child, you know, like so many around here have been now, then, you know, maybe you don't understand that. But a lot of people, uh, because of not being in church, because of, not, because of growing up where they didn't hear the word, their heart gets waxed over, you know, it, it gets hard. 
It gets hard. I mean, you can even get your heart be hardened when you're a believer or when you're in covenant or when you're in covenant. Remember the children of Israel? You look at Hebrews chapter 3 and 4. They t- it's the word of God talks about they hardened their heart. In other words, they, they hardened their heart. They saw all the miracles, but along the way, they hardened their heart. And so they couldn't, uh, Joshua and Caleb didn't harden their heart. They were ready to go, but a hard heart doesn't allow the word of God to work and you can't receive anything. And they didn't receive anything. So this is this group. So um, do you know anyone that, are, that is currently not serving God, that is not born again or backslidden and they are just sinning good? Well, when you think of them, I command the blinders to come off of their eyes in Jesus' name. I, I pray, Father, that you send laborers across their path. If you want me to be a laborer, Lord, I ask you to use me. Give me the right words at the right time. Help. And with that knowledge, though, of you've got to get their heart prepared. Because you can preach the best seed at them, give them a Romans Road scripture, get them all the way from, you know, from Christmas to Easter, resurrection, and them not do anything. Why? You preach the seed, but it didn't take. So this should help you understand sometimes you've got to get their heart prepared. You've got to get it ready. How do you do that? Well, love goes a whole long way. I said love goes a whole long way. Love goes a whole long way. Amen. All right. Glory to God. Let's look at the next one. Hallelujah. All right. So here we are in Mark. So verse 16, 416. And these are they likewise, which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word, immediately they receive it with gladness. I think it's Matthew that says they receive it with joy. So joy and gladness. So what does that look like while I'm preaching or while you're talking to someone and someone with stony ground when they're hearing what you got to say? The same thing as the person with good soil. They receive it with joy. These are not bad people. These are not nasty people. These are not people. These people could, I mean, they're agreeing. Amen. That's right. Glory. Oh, that's good. Let me write that down. Oh, that was good preaching. They're getting, they got joy. I agree with that. They agree. They don't find it wrong. They agree. They like it. They're glad about it. Is that enough? Well, obviously not. Right? So this is what the three gospels say. They hear the word. They receive it. They agree with it. They receive it with gladness and joy. The seed immediately springs up. So if I'm looking at them, I'm looking at, they're getting it. They're hearing me. They're hearing the word. They're hearing you when you're trying to share with them. They're getting it. Because immediately you see a change. Something begins to spring up. In other words, the corn or the word springs up. You can see it. You get excited. I get excited. Because I love it when people get the word. And they're, they're happy about it. They're full of joy about it. And it's springing up. And I got visual that, hey, they're getting it. I'm excited. So I get excited. They're excited. But this is the issue. 
what it says next. They receive it with gladness. Verse 17, and they have no root in themselves. They have no root. You see, it's like anything else. If you go to build a building, if you're going to build a, you know, we don't have a whole lot of them around Huntsville and stuff, but if you're going to build a 30-story building, what do you got to have? You got to have a really good foundation. You wouldn't want a, um, you wouldn't want a slab for that, right? I'm no builder, but I'm saying, I don't think you, like, you know, like some homes around here, they're just a slab because you're just going to build one story. If you're going to build 30 stories, you got to go down deep. And the higher you go up, the deeper you got to go, right? So that's why it takes them forever because they got to go down deep. And if you go to, I like them. I like to be on the top floor, especially when you're on the ocean, look out very far. But I, I, I know, thank God I know this because, you know, it's good to know that it, go, it went down really deep, that this is going to be all right, right? The thing of it is when, some, when it comes to the word of God, the root is the most important thing. So the root is not glorious. The root is not glamorous. The root is something nobody sees. But if you don't have a good root system, you don't get any water. You don't get any nutrients from the soil. And you can have something in a sidewalk. Oh, I hate it around the church. I know Pav and they all get annoyed at me. But I do not like to look at my cracks in my sidewalk around here and see a little plant in it. It drives me bananas. Somebody pull that thing. Somebody get the soil out of there. Get that little bit of soil out of there. Now in this, what's happening is this kind of person, they got a little bit of soil. They were glad when they heard the word of God. It sprung up immediately. There was enough root. to there was, It didn't grow very much, but there was enough root for something to spring up. But without a root system, these people are not going to last. And that's why when you see someone, you're like, what happened? They were happy. They were glad. You know, maybe they came into a prayer line and they got instantly delivered from alcoholism or pornography or, or gambling or eating too much or they were afraid or just whatever. You know, we all look at, look at those. But how many know the anointing can destroy that yoke right away? Right? Instantly healed. But then two weeks later, back in the same condition. People say, see, God didn't do anything. Oh, God did a lot. God did it. He's so good. He'll do some things instantaneous. But then you got to learn how to keep it. If you continue in my word, you got to continue the entrance of his word. You got to continue. So it's not enough to get, even if it's instantaneous. People say, well, it must have not been God. Of course it was God. And it couldn't have been done any other way. But you got to keep it. And so immediately what we maybe ought to do, I don't know if we can have a soil test. I don't know, Lord, send down some pH tests, you know, or whatever that we can like dip into people and see where, you know, I don't know, open up, get some x-ray. I don't know. Maybe we all need one. We need an x-ray of our heart. Spirits, I don't know. The Holy Ghost can tell you though. And you can really tell by what you're producing. It's really not hard to tell. It's really by what you're producing. And there's really no reason to be frustrated and being frustrated is not what God's trying to make people. He's just trying to say, this is the reason. You're happy, you're joyful, it springs up for a little while, but then you don't have any roots. So what do you got to do? Well, you got to get some more soil. You got you to get rid of the stony ground. Well, 
What causes the stony ground? Well, Jesus said so. Here, here's where he said, and you've got to put all four together, but I'll just read this one. Afterwards, with affliction or, oh, have no root in themselves, and so they endure for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. Oh. Love walk. One and two, and if you're from Chile, three. <gasps> So there's four things, and we're going to look at them real quick. Well, or real slow. Who knows? Number one, affliction. Put all four gospels together, or three gospels together. Affliction, persecutions, tribulations, and temptation. So of the three gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they mention these four things. And then the result is offense at either God, man, <laughs> somebody, you get offended. You have no root system. People have no root system. I know this is not y'all, but I got I to gotta teach through this to make sure uh, that you understand some of these things because um, if you want to help somebody or if you, you know, there's nothing to say that if you are one time a, a, a soil four and you, you were producing 3,600 that you couldn't slip back. Come on, if people can slip back into sin and backslide or back into their addictions, then, then where does that start? It, it happened in the soil first before it happened on the outside. Or nothing happened in the soil even though something happened on the outside. That's what happens. So this is real big. It's real important. And, and, and when people teach on faith, they just overlook this. But if out of your heart, your cardia flow the issues of your life, then this is something we really ought to be looking at on a really regular basis, not just saying it, doing it. All those are important, and we're going to get to those. But so this person, so what, number one, affliction. What is affliction? Something that causes pain or suffering. Affliction is something that causes pain or suffering. But, but I, I don't know if I was going to go through all these, but, but I, want to, I want to show you that others with different soil types can go through these and come out on the other side. But the person with this soil type who doesn't do anything with these stones um, springs up for a little bit and then they're offended. So the key is I got to do something with my soil because if I don't do something with my soil, it determines whether I get offended or not. And if I get offended, I walk away. Walk away from church. Come on, you should, you, don't let anybody offend you. I heard Brother Hagin say this. He said, uh, you, you can't offend me. Uh, why? Because I won't take the offense. And there's people all around you trying to offend you, but you're not going to take the offense. But 1 Peter 5, 9, this is one. I don't know if we'll do all the, I got like four scriptures here, but I don't know if we'll do them all. 1 Peter 5, 9, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. So you don't have any different afflictions than anybody else who's a believer all over the planet. I know sometimes we in the United States of America think we're the only ones got a corner on the gospel, but there are millions, if not a billion believers on planet earth, right? And he says it's accomplished in all, it's the same thing. Everybody deals with affliction. You can look at, um, Hebrews 10, 25. Let's look at that one. Uh, Hebrews 10, 25. Let's skip a couple of these. Just, just to show you, it's not, it's not the affliction that gets people out. 
All right, listen to me. It's not the affliction. Affliction comes to everybody. It's the soil type. It's not the affliction. It's the soil type. Because these same afflictions are happening in other believers who are coming out on the other side and using them as something to preach off of or using them just to black the devil's eye when he messes with them. But there's some people that they don't, got to go, they don't have the right soil because they let these things simmer in them and stay in them. And they have a little sprig that springs up, but then they get offended. In this case, they probably get offended at God. Where are you? Well, he's the same place he always has been right here in his word. Hebrews eleven twenty five. 25. Uh, this is talking about Moses. Remember when he, uh, the son, he was uh, Pharaoh's uh, grandson. Uh, Pharaoh's daughters took him, to ra- took him to raise. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. So even though he, he knew he was going to get afflicted, he knew that um, some pain and suffering was coming his way, but he chose God over the easy way out. Now, I don't think you, you and I think about this. this. This dude was Pharaoh's grandson. And he chose to go with God and give all that up. And he knew, he knew him and what would happen to him. This is a huge choice. So affliction comes to everybody. Number two is persecution. Anybody know what that is? Hostility and ill treatment. Persecution, hostility and ill treatment, especially because of race, political or religious beliefs. This is the definition. Persecution, hostility and ill treatment because of your race, because of your religious beliefs, maybe what you believe about some things, but you'll get persecuted for it. It means to be harassed. It means to be harassed because of a belief you stand for or because of who you are or because of what you look like. So persecution comes to everybody and others make it through it. But this soil type doesn't. It's not the persecution. It's the soil type. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Now, you know, I could get off a medal on that, but I've watched this one. I've watched this one. I've seen people, how come they're able? How come they're not able? Because of, and really you can't come around, but it's soil type. It's what they've done with their heart and what others refuse to do with their heart. And you can't tell outwardly. You can only tell inwardly and by what is produced. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Look at this, verses 8 and 9. This is the Apostle Paul. I remember when I was going through some time, I felt the Holy Ghost say, well, you need to talk to Paul when you get to heaven. Because I was thinking, this is big. But he said, we're troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not destroyed. Persecuted, but we're not forsaken. In other words, when I'm persecuted, I know I got God on my side. So it don't matter what you say about me. It only matters what God says about me. It doesn't matter what you think about me. It only matters what God thinks about me. And it doesn't matter what you think you can do to me. It's only what, because uh, you, you run into me, you're going to run into somebody better than a big brother named Bubba. And that is my God and my father. And he is on my side. And greater is he that is in me. Come on, you can start. To, see, that's a different soil type. That's a different soil type. Hallelujah. First, cast down, but not destroyed. Hallelujah. Oh, we're having fun now. Second Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Persecution comes to who? Comes to everybody. Some people make it through, others don't. Why? Soil type. Um, again, Paul's thorn in the flesh. Chapter 12, verse 
10, after the Lord told him, you know, my grace is sufficient. He believed it. What is that? That's a soil type. I choose to believe what you say. Therefore, I take pleasures in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. You're going to persecute me? I'm going to just get stronger. You're going to come against me? No, I'm just going to get stronger. You're going to raise up your ugly head. I see the devil inspires you, but guess what? You're going to come against me, then I'm just going to, I'm going to dig deeper and I'm going to get stronger. You can persecute, and we, none of us like persecution, but real persecution with the right soil type only makes you stronger. Amen. Amen. Oh, you can take one more because this is good. I want you to see. So it's not, it's not the affliction. It's not the persecution. It's the soil type. And you can't tell people's soil type until they don't produce, until they get offended. When someone is offended, it has a lot to do with soil type. And you can't see that, but you can see the results of that. And can we all get there? We could. In other words, you can go around collecting a whole bunch of stones again and put back in your garden that you worked hard to get out. Oh, they're easy to get in. A little harder to get out. And once you've cleared the field, you need to keep it cleared. I said, once you've cleared your field, don't, let you, don't listen to people who are putting offenses in you. Don't listen to people who are trying to make you mad. Get you all riled up. Because then I'll get all riled up. <clears throat> Second Timothy 3. What I meant by that was that I sense it when people, I, you can sense offense. You can sense it. In the air. Don't take it. Second Timothy 3, 10 through 12. It, it lists everything again. But you have fully known, Paul talking, my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-serving, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came to me in Antioch and Iconium and Lystra, and what persecutions I endured. But out of them, the Lord delivered me from them all. That's a soil type. Tribulation. Number three, tribulation. What's tribulation? Distress or suffering resulting from oppression or persecution, a trying experience, grievous trouble, it's adversity. Now, tribulation um, is meant to get you into such a place that you, you, you get dismayed, that you become, you worry, you, you get very anxious, but you can get delivered. Uh, Jesus answered this one, and he said in John 16, 33, John, these things I have spoken to you, that in me you might have peace, in the world you'll have tribulation. So when someone has a soil type that is free from these stones, free from offense. Um, when tribulation comes their way, they replace it with the peace of God. They walk by peace. They receive his peace. In this world, you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Romans 5 and 3. Romans 5 and 3. Y'all, everybody doing all right? Okay. We're going to get there. Romans 5 and 3. It says... Uh, uh, and not only so, but we glory in tribulation, knowing that tribulation works patience. In other words, so you bring it at me, and I got the right soil type, I'll turn it into something. Tribulation works patience. And let patience have her perfect work. And by faith and patience, I inherit the promises of God. So you want to send that my direction? I don't really want it, but if you're going to send it, I'm going to work it. 
And when, you, when I work it, it's going to turn into my patience. And when patience has its perfect work, I want to receive all the promises of God that are yes and amen. It, it, you're only a person with, uh, you and I, if we got good soil type, when that comes at us, we'll, turn, we'll flip it. The devil means to take it out. But you see, if, if, I, if I get I'm easily offended, if I get mad at God, where are you? Help me. Why'd you let this happen to me? I, I, you know, I tied that one time last month. Yeah, I, 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 went to, I went to church. I, 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 I worked in the parking lot for you. Where are you? Wrong soil. Offended. Easily offended. Got lots of stones in there. Nobody can really take them out for you. You have to realize they're in there and you're like, nope, I'm not going to do that. Come on, did anybody besides me have to unlearn some things? While I'm learning, I had to unlearn had a lot of religion, right? Had a lot of wrong concepts of who God was. All right. Oh, that was, these are all good. Let me see if this other one's really good. I, if I, I wouldn't have wrote it down if it wasn't good. All right. Romans 8, 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? In other words, who's going to get offended and leave him? Who's going to get offended and leave church where God called you, where God set you? You don't get to set yourself in the body of Christ. God sets you. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, apparel, sword? So in other words, I'm, not, I, I'm like the tree planted by the rivers of living water. I'm not going to be moved. I know where my source is, and I'm going to keep on doing it. All right, that's good. Let's look at number four. Temptation. Ooh, temptation. A desire to do something, especially something wrong. <laughs> What is a temptation? Remember this. It's in my book, but I, I may be deal, deal about it in my book. But you got to remember this. A temptation is never a test from God. Never. Well, I'm being tempted. God's testing me. Nope. Nope, 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 nope. I know somebody taught you that, but they're wrong. No. Test is an open book test. Test is, will you, I'm going to give you something to do. Are you going to do my word? Are, I'm going to tell you to do something. Are you going to obey me? A temptation comes from the devil. God says, um, I'm not tempted with evil. Neither tempt I any man. Right? God, God doesn't tempt you. So if you're ever tempted uh, to give in to the lust of your flesh, if you're ever tempted to go back into what you were delivered of, it's not a test from God to see if you've made it, to see if you've arrived. It is the devil trying to destroy you. And no matter how long you have served God, no matter who you are, until you leave the earth, you will be tempted. But it has to do with soil type. So what is a temptation? It's a desire to do something that's wrong. Well, let's look at this real quick. 1 Corinthians 10. A lot of people misquote this scripture, but 1 Corinthians 10, I don't have time to go into it and amplify it like I usually do. It says, there is no temptation taken you, but it's common to man. So whatever you're being tempted with, everybody's dealing but God is faithful. Everybody say, God is faithful. What's he faithful to do? He will not suffer you to be tempted above what you're able. Okay, let's stop right there. Because a lot of people say this, because they take this out of context, and they say this. And I've gotten trouble answering people back before. But they say, well, I heard God will never give you more than you can bear. Right? Is that what that scripture says? It's not what that scripture says. Number one, it's not God sending it. So that can't be right. 
Because God said, I'm not tempted with evil, neither I tempt any man. There's no tempt. What is it talking about? Temptation. So you got to know right from there, this is coming from the devil. And then this is God's answer. The temptation coming from the devil on bad soil and stony soil, they'll do what? They'll yield to the temptation. They'll get away from God and they'll blame God and everybody else. But you and I, but God is faithful. Come on, say it again. God is faithful. Ooh, what's he going to do? He's not going to suffer you to be tempted by what you're able. Now, I find this hard to believe sometimes, but I, I believe it. In other words, if it came my way, I'm able to get out of it. It wouldn't be here if I wasn't able to get out of it. So anytime you're tempted, you know, with the help of God, with the word of God, I'm getting out of this. I don't have to yield to this. I don't have to be this. He'll not suffer you to be tempted, but you're able. So if it comes, you got it. If it comes, you got it. Nothing's coming at you that you can't overcome. But will with the temptation, oh, I have a whole chapter in my book called Escape Theology. I thank God there is a side road. There is an exit ramp. There is always a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. That doesn't mean, you know, come under it. I don't have time to teach on it. But let's look at James chapter 1. Well, no, I I quoted James chapter 1, 12 through 15, talks about how, you know, when the temptation comes, um, it's not coming from God. All right, so four things. Review before we go. The stony ground. People have stony ground. It's like a stone in there. There's no soil. They get glad. They get happy. Maybe they even run around the room at saturation time. The anointing could have destroyed the yoke of bondage them. they could have got totally free. And that's not discounting it. And God's going to keep doing it. Well, why does he do it then? If he knows they're not going to stick. Because he's God. And he's good. And he's merciful. And he's kind. And I really love him for that. It's not about deserve. It's about who he is. And he's good to all. His tender mercies are over all of his work. But see, when we get someone like that, if you have a friend like that, if you have someone you know like that, then what do you got to do? I want to help you. Let's make sure, you know, you got to be close enough to do someone. Because if you bring a crane into their, you know, or, you know, one of them, one of them forks into their yard of their heart and you start trying to take things out, they'll be like, no, that's, you know, that's who I am. So people have really got to want to do this. And this is the things the devil sends. He sends affliction. He sends persecution. He sends tribulation. He sends temptation. And then they get offended. And then that little shoot they have has no root system, and it won't make it. And there's no fruit, even though they were happy, even though they were full of joy when they heard it, even though they agreed So that's really important. And so what do we do to help these kind of people? Or if you and I float back into, if we have during this season, not saying anybody, this Wednesday night, I know this is nobody in the room, but let's just say if somebody else, the the watching people, you know, just let's say them. No, (laughs) just kidding, just kidding. Anybody, your friend at work, your brother or sister who don't live here. Let's say it's one of them. What happens, especially during this season, people throw an offense, mad at every turn. If you pick up on that through your eyes, through your ears, through your mouth, and it gets down into your soil, what happens? You're crowding your soil that you took a long time to clear. It's not worth it. It's just not worth it. 
Because out of the issues of your heart flow your very life. Out of your cardia determines whether you receive the promises of God or not. Because see, someone with a bunch of stones, they can, it, they can say the right things, but it won't work. They can even act like the word is true, but there's no soil in them. They're not going to be able to do it for a long time. They, they won't do it. The Bible says there's no root system. They're ugly, but you need the roots. They're underground. They're not pretty. The Lord made roots so they're underground, so we don't have to look at them. But you can't, the plant can't live without them. It can't produce fruit without a good root system. It can't live. Can't get water. Can't get nutrients. Some roots in some plants are even created to re to retain water during a, um, a, a a drought and release them as the plant. That's cool, but that's really kind of the picture you and I are supposed to get of the seed. When the word of God goes in, the first thing it does is, if you got good soil, it'll produce a root system, and then something will spring up. If there's no soil, it'll have a little bitty root and it'll spring up. But when the sun comes out, when the persecution, afflictions, all that stuff comes, they'll get offended and they'll walk away. So what do we got to do for them? Well, if I had somebody like that, if I knew somebody like that, first of all, I'd try to get them to make Jesus not only Savior, I'd try to get them to make him Lord. I'd try to help them, coax them into um, dealing. You know, if they're easily offended. How many of you know if you have a friend or a family member or somebody else who's easily offended? that, okay, that's an issue. <laughs> you say, well, I don't want to offend them trying to help them from their offense. Well, how do you do that? Well, you just love on them. No matter what they say to you, you just love on them back. You speak the word to them. You, you, a, a gentle response turns away wrath. Amen. Be slow to speak after you're quick to hear. Let the Lord give you a word in due season that'll refresh the weary. Because I'm telling you, if they're offended, they are some weary folks being chased around, led by the devil. And once he gets a hook, oh, he'll lead the devil. What else do I try to get? I try to get him to be a doer of the word. Even at first, if they don't fully understand, try to get him to act on the word. Um, I would also, I'd get him in the presence of God. I'd bring him to a saturation meeting. <laughs> While the anointing's flowing, it'll break up some of that, those, big, those big boulders in him. Don't discount the anointing. Just don't discount the presence of God. Amen. That's a really good way to get people in the presence of God. Amen. So guess what we're going to do next time we're together? We're going to look at soil number three and the weedy one, and we're going to look at the good one. And the reason that we take extra time on this is because, um, if I, again, out of the issues of our heart, oh, I just really meant to be done earlier. Uh, out of the issues of our heart flow our life. And we got to guard it. Now you know, guard it. Why? Well, especially for all of us who spent all this time clearing it, you don't want anything to get back in there. And that's not even why probably maybe I'll just let you all know. Over the last 18 months, I've been very protective of you. I sense things. I know things. I don't come right out and say things sometimes. But I know things, and my, my, I, I, I get the devil's strategy. If he can get you offended, pull you out of place, get you listening to things that are almost right but not right. Almost God but not God. 
get you focused on something besides the word on the gospel. I have, I know people now that are, that they're not focused on the word anymore. They're not focused on the gospel. Their attention has gone to something else. And, and I guarantee you, don't not hang out with them all the time, but I guarantee you they're, easily, they're more easily offended than they've ever been in their life. What's it going to do? Well, eventually it's going to take up all their soil. And the 30, 60, 100 fold they used to get won't be there anymore. And you and I don't have time when we have a crisis sometimes in our life to spend hours and days and weeks and months clearing out the soil. Let's live we're going, to, we're going to get to number four because, I, you know, I want that to be all of us. But I, I don't know that I could stand up here and tell you that my soil, is, even me, is always at four because it takes work. It's not, it's not works to get God to move, but there is your part to play. It's, it's light and easy, but you do have a part to play. It's not all on God. We hope you were inspired by today's message. If you want to hear more from the Word of God, head over to cwol.org, check us out on YouTube or any social platform under at Madison. We believe God is working within you and we want you to know Him so you too can make Him known.